The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what I did was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Welcome to your Friday edition of Fantasy Football Today. Hey, let's just put the Vikings on national TV every single week. It would be great drama for the NFL as they hang on for a 36-28 win. And boy, you know, if you face Justin Jefferson, are you upset or are you exhaling because he could have had a four-touchdown game? We'll talk about that, plus six games to break down for you here. It's Adam, Dave, and Jamie on this Friday morning getting an early start. All right, guys, look, it's Friday. We want to be happy, all that. I get that, but unfortunately, we have to address sad news at the top of the show. Very, just so tragic to see Demarius Thomas passing away at the age of 33. I remember, guys, oh, man, I think it, it must have been almost 10 years. I think it was 2012. Uh debating with you how good he was going to be with Peyton Manning. I'll have to look up the year whenever Peyton Manning went to Denver. And one of you said, he's going to be a top 10 wide receiver. I was like, what? No way. And you were right. He was fifth that year. He finished fifth, first, second, ninth, 15th, and 16th in six consecutive years in fantasy and PPR scoring. So sad to see it, Demarius Thomas. Uh, Dave, what are you going to remember most about Demarius Thomas? I'm uh, first of all I'm looking up to see what my projections were in 2012. That was back when we were doing individual projections. I'll I'll see where he ranked for me then, but I remember him being a bona fide fantasy football stud, the type of no-brainer guy that you start every single week. And I remember fantasy managers still being excited about him when he wasn't playing for the Denver Broncos and I, I just you you remember him as a big, physical, fast alpha wide receiver. And he he just he brought so much joy to people just from playing football. And from what I'm learning about him, he was a great guy off the field as well. He will be very much missed and someone that a lot of young receivers today should try and emulate on and off the field. Yeah, Jamie, he was fifth that year. That was Peyton Manning's first year in Denver. It was it was 2012. And uh, that's that launched his career. And he was terrific. And you want to share any Demarius Thomas thoughts or memories? Um. I mean the 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 play against the Steelers is uh, you know always going to be very memorable. Um, the touchdown from Tim Tebow, and you know it's a uh, it's a strange strange situation, strange week. Um, that was uh, it was ten years ago. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll never forget. It was um, tomorrow's a ten year anniversary when my mom passed away, and so I remember watching that that uh, that that situation unfold. You know, it was I was obviously like in a haze. The, those last few weeks of uh, the regular season and the um, the the NFL playoffs, and you know, just uh, being a Tebow guy, obviously, you know, from from Florida, uh, and watching him, you know, have the 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 success in overtime. And Demarius Thomas was obviously the big reason why. You know, I mean, everybody's gonna you know say Tebow won that game, but it was uh, you know Demarius breaking open and being the player that he was. Uh, Thirty three years old, man, he should still be playing. You know, it's uh, it, it's just a really crappy situation. Um, 
you know, we don't know the details what happened, but uh, obviously rest in peace. And, you know, um, he'll, he'll be missed as a, as, as a human being, obviously. And, and certainly for NFL fans and fantasy managers, you know, you know what he meant to you. Uh, helped you win a lot of money, I'm sure. And so uh, I don't know what charities he supports or anything, you know, but if you have anything that you can spare or, or certainly anything you win from your fantasy leagues this year, I'm sure it'd be a nice gesture to, uh, you know, donate to whatever cause he was, uh, he, he was supporting. So uh, we'll, we'll, miss, we'll miss him as a, as a person and as a player. Adam, what did you say, that he was a top 10 receiver for us in 2012? Fifth, then first, then second, then ninth, then fifth, and then 16th over, six year, over a six-year stretch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you mentioned 2012, so I just looked it up because I have it on my uh, – I save everything that I do. Uh, I had him 11th in my – I think this is non-PPR projections before the season. <laughs> you want a quick stroll down memory lane? You want to hear the top 11 from 2012? Yeah. Well, Calvin Johnson was number one. Julio Jones was number two. It's funny because I'm sure he'll come up if you didn't talk about him yesterday than today. Jordy Nelson, three. Greg Jennings, four. So two Packers in the top five. Larry Fitzgerald, five. A.J. Green, sixth. He's still around, uh, I think. Roddy White, seven. Wes Welker, eight. Brandon Marshall, nine. Hakeem Nix, ten. That one's just for you, Adam, Mr. Giants fan. Demarius Thomas was 11th. In my projections that year, I projected him for 1,162 yards and eight scores. I don't remember what he ended up with, but I think he outperformed those projections. 1,442 yards and 10 touchdowns. Peyton Manning helped him out quite a bit. Where was Des Bryant in your projections? Because you have the top five. It was Calvin, Brandon Marshall, A.J. Green, then Des Bryant, then Demarius. Good. So I'm glad this is going to turn into how much I sucked at projections even back then. Uh, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17th. I had Des. All right. Well, you know, he scored 12 touchdowns. All right, guys, thank you for the thoughts. Thank you for the memories on Demarius Thomas. Sundays were a lot of fun with Demarius Thomas, and we will absolutely miss him. All right, and Thursday night was very fun as well. That's where we start. Minnesota 36, Pittsburgh 28. It we was. start in the second half? Yeah, we can start. No, you know, <laughs> Jefferson. Wait a minute. There's nothing wrong with some of what happened in the first half. <laughs> yeah, but the game got exciting in the second half. Of course it did. Yeah, Jefferson, man, what a weird night. I mean, look, no one's going to complain. He had a great game, but he it could have been, uh-oh, I played against Justin Jefferson, it's over. Or I'm I'm in the playoffs, I, mean, I have Justin probably, Jefferson. You might have that feeling with Dalvin Cook. <laughs> exactly. Right. That's why Jefferson didn't have a crazy good night. It's because Dalvin Cook did. No, it's because he dropped. He either dropped or Cousins missed him on three, two touchdowns for sure and possibly one, a third one. The one over the middle in the end zone, who do you, who do you blame? Which one oh, was that? Which one was that? The one off his fingertips, uh, where it was a post route. Um, Not the first one. No, it was after he the, scored the, the first the, almost, was... the catch he almost made one handed. No. That would have been an amazing grab. Um <laughs> I'm having trouble placing it. And me too. Yeah, there was so much in the game. The left side. I don't, I don't oh, 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 oh. It would have been about a twenty yard touchdown. They they settled yeah. for a field goal. Um, yep. that I, I have that in my notes as a drop. So that's all I remember. I don't remember. Yeah. I mean, cousins, cousins could have thrown a little bit better, but I'm with you. I think he dropped it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, look, you're not going to complain. He came through for you. Roethlisberger. It, what, well, I'll just leave, leave it to you, Jamie. What are your takeaways from this game? Uh, I mean, look, I, I was, um, I, I don't know the right way. I guess concerned, you know, why play Dalvin cook? Um, at less than 100%, obviously that was a mistake to be concerned about that. Uh, he was amazing. Um, but I think the, the biggest credit goes to that Vikings offensive line. They were unbelievable. And uh, all three of us could have had, you know, probably three yards per carry <laughs> running through that offensive line. 
Um, whereas he had, you know, nearly 10 yards per carry in the first half. It was ridiculous um, just how, you know, the holes that were open to him. And he just, you know, was uh, awesome. Uh, but good to see him back. And now you know what to do. Alexander Madison is nothing more than a desperation flex and not going to deliver very much production. Um, in terms of the Steelers, I, I you know, we, we've kind of been talking about this for the last couple of weeks, right, about Roethlisberger playing better. And what this team, you know, I, I, I referenced the same thing I said earlier this week, the, the report in The Athletic about uh, the office needs to run through him. And you saw what the, the upside could be when they're playing up-tempo and he's, he's, throwing, he's throwing the ball well, you know. And uh, honestly, it's a, it's a shame we didn't get Pat Fryermuth coming down with that touchdown because we could have had overtime and some more, more production and more yeah. fun. Uh, he put that ball on the money. You, yeah, can't, yes, he you can't fault Fryermuth. It was a great play by Harrison Smith to knock it out. But um, – uh, the, the only thing I think that was, uh, you know, you mentioned frustration from Justin Jefferson. What about frustration from Chase Claypool? What the hell was he doing? <laughs> well, you mean the uh, penalty? The, uh, at what point in the game block? You want to apply that question? Everything. Nobody and talked the positive. About How does he catch that ball on the sideline? That was ridiculous. That was a great. He, he came through with, with a great face. game. Uh, he, he absolutely came through for you, too. He came through on the last drive. Yeah, I know. And, but before the last drive of the game, he was a massive dud. Oh, I know. He's sitting there flexing for the first down. Deontay Johnson rips yeah. the ball out of his hands. He comes through yeah. with eight no, catches. Turner did. Oh, Turner. I thought, okay, eight catches for 93 yards on nine targets. And you know what? The takeaway, though, and I'm sorry, I didn't check the snap count, but he was definitely getting benched he for, did, he for did. Washington. He definitely did. And Tomlin did not commit to using him again next week. And, and, you know, the, what I was going to say is from a fantasy standpoint, whenever Ben throws a lot, Claypool gets a lot of targets. So I was sitting there, it's 26-0. I'm, you know what? This might end up being a good game for Claypool. Could have been a great game for him. But he only played 59% of the snaps, kept coming off the field for Washington. Yeah, um, I would I would like uh, Chase Claypool to be covered by Brashad Breeland every week. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a shame you can't trust him because, one, you need a lot of pass attempts from Roethlisberger. Uh, you may not get that against Tennessee next week, and two, you don't know what his playing time is going to be now. It's, uh, it, you know, he's out. He's a little in the doghouse a little bit. Well, we and and I'm glad you brought this up because we've seen this before. Remember, Deontay Johnson was having a drop issue last year, and they benched him, and so they're not opposed to doing that to send a message. They're going to oh, do it yeah. to Deontay Johnson too because he dropped a touchdown. <laughs> he did uh, no, but they did it to him last year when he was dropping the ball. Over. No, uh, for sure they did, and I bet Claypool. Does not start the next game. I wonder if James Washington gets an opportunity to play a little bit more and Claypool play a little bit less. Although Claypool, I, you have to admit, he did redeem himself on that last drive nicely, except for the stupidity of <laughs> flexing for a first down. That part was not so good. So Cousins somehow only ends up with 17 fantasy points. And he, you know, it seemed like he was going to have a great game, but he ends up with 216 mm. yards. See, I would argue that he wasn't going to have a great game because Dalvin Cook was just going crazy in the first half, and then yeah, it was Jefferson late in the fourth then quarter. He touchdowns, then, right. he has a Th- then he has a good game. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it, it took him having to throw just to get to 17 fantasy points in the second in the fourth quarter. Really, his best play—I don't know how many yards it was. But I think it was like 11 yard run. Yes, how he escaped mm-hmm. that sack. Third and five. Yeah, I think that won the game for him. Honestly, yeah, it was a great play. And then he hit the big shot on Osborne. We'll talk about Osborne and Conklin. I just want to check one thing. I, this may have been a season low in pass attempts. Mm, second low, second fewest pass attempts for Kirk Cousins, 31, which is an amazing thing to say about the Vikings. I thought he was going to struggle, mostly because you look at the Steelers' numbers against opposing quarterbacks when T.J. Watt's been on the field in the second half of the season so far. The only game where they've given up numbers to an opposing quarterback was Herbert because T.J. Watt didn't play in that game. 
Now, obviously, he got hurt in the game, so you know you can't say that he was a big factor in, in slowing him down. But the run game was just so successful. The Steelers cannot stop the run. It's 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 really embarrassing, you know, watching how it is. And you know, you heard Tomlin afterwards talking about it, and Cam Hayward was talking about it. I mean, they can't get off the field. They can't stop, you know, running backs right now. All right, no. KJ Osborne. I thought, I thought for whatever reason the defense played a little bit better after Watt got hurt. I don't know if they just you know were more motivated or whatever. Maybe it was because it was easier to know what the Vikings were doing because they had this big lead and they were being conservative. But I thought the defense played a little bit better. It's not something that I'm going to say next week if Watt's out. But just for this game, I thought that it was interesting that they seemed to do better once. Yeah, Watt I think part field. of it was the offense got in a rhythm too, and they weren't just three and out getting on the field. You know, the defense on the field so much in the first half. That's a good call. Yeah, that could be part of it. They and were it, yeah. rusty, and they they started taking away. I mean, they really threw a lot of coverage at Jefferson. Knocked a couple balls away from him, that type of thing. All right, so anyway, K.J. Osborne, 39% rostered. He gets you a 62-yard touchdown catch. Only had three catches in the game, but he did have nine targets. Tyler Conklin was invisible with two catches for 20 yards. But, Jamie, are you encouraged by this game for, for K.J. Osborne or discouraged because he only caught three of nine targets? Oh, very encouraged. You know, you, you, you get anything close to double-digit and targets, double digits and targets. You know, you see the big play potential. He's now delivered every time targets have been up for him, you know, so however he's getting it done, he's getting it done. And so you, you have to take your chances with those type of situations. They may not always come true, but um, there's a pretty good sample size now for him of uh, I think it's, you know, five of six games with seven or more targets. He's gotten you 14 or more PPR points. So yeah. I'll, I'll live with that time and time again. So as long as Adam Thielen's out, he's going to be in that number three receiver range and borderline starter for sure. Yeah, he might be. One of the top waiver wire claims next week at 39% roster. They have Tennessee, the Chiefs, and the Browns in the playoffs. Sunday morning, watch CBS Sports HQ, 10 a.m. Eastern time until kickoff. Get it on the CBS Sports app. I watched on my Roku. Um, it's great. Great stuff. Jamie, Dave, Heath, Pete Prisco, all the, all the familiar faces talking gambling, talking player props, and, of course, a lot of start and sit for three hours, 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch CBS Sports HQ on Sundays. Listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast. That's what it's called. Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast, wherever you're listening to FFT. And we've got the mailbag, the Friday mailbag if you're watching on YouTube, the Saturday mailbag if you're listening in the podcast feed. Uh, so you can send in Apple podcast questions for that. It's going to be a little too late now, but you can do that for next week. Um, you can send in emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi. That's the letter I, dot com. It's an interesting week, guys. We're trying to sort out some backfields. The ones that I look at that, hey, we'll see how they play out. Green Bay, Arizona, Denver, Rams, Niners, Titans, Panthers, <laughs> Seahawks, Jaguars. It's uh, probably... Cowboys. Cowboys, yeah, with Pollard, uh, game-time decision, but the foot injury probably makes things a little difficult for you, Dave Richard, when you're doing your rankings. Definitely does, but you just have to think back to going with what you know and what these teams typically do or what they have done previously. I think a lot about, like for the 49ers, for example, when Jeff Wilson was the top guy up for them, he did a lot of the work. He didn't have a great game, but he got a lot of opportunities, and I would imagine something similar would happen this week. And uh, for something like Dallas, where there might be a little bit of unknown just because Tony Pollard and his foot, he's not 100%. Zeke keeps saying, oh, I'm fine. I'm going to play. I'm going to play. But you watch him play. He doesn't look good. That's one that's going to take a little bit more projection and maybe a little bit of hope along with it about how you go about those running backs. Uh, yeah. How are you? How are you? Well, I, we're going to talk about a lot of these. But for Arizona, 
Are you expecting, are you guys, I think, Jamie, the answer for you is no. Are you expecting a big role from Chase Edmonds in his first game back? If he plays, we don't even know if he's going to play. Um, I'm, I mean, not to the same extent that he was playing before. You know, I, I think James Conner's proved himself that this is the closest thing to a, a feature back that Cliff Kingsbury's had, uh, I guess, since that stretch run of, of Kenyon Drake when he was first traded there from Miami uh, in, in Kingsbury's first season there. Um, but there's... Uh, I think that was Kingsbury's first season there. Yeah, I believe it was too. Um, so, you know, he's been amazing. And, uh, you know, Edmonds was, you know, he shouldn't lose his job. He shouldn't be benched. But uh, it should be a, a role reversal of, you know, who's the lead rusher. And I think, you know, Connor will still be the lead rusher. So for this week, uh, I'm still going to leave Connor as a top 10 running back if Edmonds plays. Uh, I have Edmonds currently ranked uh, back end RB2 for in PPR, more of a flex play in non PPR. And I'm just hoping that he does uh, a little bit better in the Eno you know, Benjamin role uh, for this week in particular. They use him more on passing down situations, but I think Connor's still the catalyst of this backfield, at least for week 14. And folks, if there's a player on waivers right now that you might want to go pick up, Jeff Wilson, he is 37% rostered. Can't promise you he's going to be great this week at Cincinnati, but he might wow. be the last man standing here. Uh, sure. Yeah. And you got to look at the Bengals' defense. If Logan Wilson's out, if DJ Reader's out, those are big pieces in Wilson's the case of Reader, legitimately. Yeah, so th- that's going to help a little bit. So they're going to, they might get a version of the Bengals. I got to look, double check on DJ Reader. He might play, but if there's a- any drop off from that Bengals' run defense, it's just going to make the 49ers attack more with the ground game. All right. I think for Wilson, it, it's a great call. I, I think for Wilson, though, he's got to score, you know, because we saw it last time. It was, 19 empty carries, essentially, when he stepped in for Elijah Mitchell a few weeks ago. So if he scores, you'll be great. He can score multiple times. It wouldn't be surprising. But he's got to find the end zone, I think. I'm looking up the Bengals injury report right now, but he should have scored in that game against Jacksonville. Remember the touch? He was wide open for a touchdown. Yes. He was targeted, and Garoppolo just missed him. So it it would have been a bad game salvaged by a touchdown. Uh, I tend to agree with you. I don't think he's got a shot to get you 110 or 120 total yards in the game, but he's going to have a shot to score. Damn you, Dave Richard. You got Jeff Wilson off waivers in the podcast league with a $9 bid. Yeah. I think I bid eight. I think I bid eight. Readers playing. So much to do about nothing. Tyler Shelvin's another one of their big guys who um, hasn't practiced yet this week. Jamie, you said it about Logan Wilson. Uh, I think that's about it for their front seven. A woozy's not going to play which makes Brandon Ayuk a little interesting. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Let's go. We, got, we got a lot to talk about here. Let's we got to get to that game later. News and notes. Uh, actually, I don't think we are. I think we did that one yesterday. News and notes. Mike Williams could be cleared on Saturday. We're going to talk about the Chargers wide receivers in a little bit. Uh, Joe Mixon missed practice, so P. Ryan, it's an illness. So Two days of practice he's yeah. missed. I'm sure we expect him to play, but Samaj P. Ryan would be the guy, if not. P. Ryan would be the lead back. You'd see a little bit of Chris Evans as well. Is he healthy, though? I uh, Well, I've got their injury report open. You're right, Jim. Ankle injury, DNP, first two days. So if he's out, uh, uh, it'll probably be a lot of Samaj P. Ryan and a little bit of somebody like Travion Williams. Uh, T. Higgins was limited in practice. He got back out there. That was good. Same yeah, with He was always expected to play. So. Yeah. And Burrow got back out there, threw a lot toward the end of the open media portion of practice. So he said he was going to play all along. Uh, David Montgomery is just beat up. He's got a lot of different injuries, but he did practice. He was limited. Allen Robinson expects to play. They're at Green Bay on Sunday night. We'll get to that game. we got to start getting a little concerned about Elijah Moore here. 
he's mispracticed with a quad injury. So we'll see if he practices on uh, on Friday. But yeah, not great so far. Debo Samuel mispracticed. We'll have that for the uh, the mailback. We'll know that. Yes, and probably we'll know. Well, we will know. I'm sure during CBS Sports HQ today. Is today at noon normal time. Yes. Okay, noon to one. Uh, Elijah Mitchell mispracticed. Jeff Wilson could be the starter, as mentioned. Cooper Cup was limited with a toe injury. They say it's no big deal. Daryl Henderson did practice. He was limited. Um, that's going to be one. They had a walkthrough, though, so just an estimation. True. Yeah, they have a Monday night game. So that's that's one you might want to tune in for the mailbag, to the mailbag. Darren Waller mispracticed, not looking great. Julio Jones practiced again, looking good there, looking better. Uh, TJ Hawkinson, are we concerned about Hawkinson at this point? He has a hand injury. I mean, a little bit, and you should be concerned about the matchup as well. But um, obviously, given the landscape of tight ends this week, if he starts, you're starting him. Uh, and by the way, for the Lions, offensive coordinator Anthony Lynn expects more deep passing from Jared Goff going forward. James Robinson. Are going to tell Dan Campbell to call those plays? <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, James Robinson missed practice. Should we be, should we be picking up Carlos Hyde? Um, they. I think the, what I read was it's a, a load management situation that they're trying to make sure he's he's ready for the end of the week. Yeah. But yes, you know, in, in deeper leagues, it's not a bad thing to cover yourself if there's nobody else. Like I'd prefer if I'm looking at it. Obviously, Jeff Wilson would be the priority uh, to pick up of the the elbow guys that we're looking at, and, and his I sure. think percentage covers it. But if you're going to the the next level, P Ryan would be first, and then you know probably I'd probably go P Ryan. Hide, and then I'd also take a look at Khalil Herbert just in case David Montgomery somehow misses practice on Friday. And that's assuming that you can't get your cloppies on Rashad Penny. He'd also be in that mix for me, even if it's just as a that speculation. It's so weird this week. Did you see what's happening? With what? Yeah. Seattle's backfield. Did you see what's happening? Well, I know that Adrian Peterson isn't going to get called up. Uh, it's not guaranteed yet, but that's the way it seems like it's trending. Yeah. Is Collins not the best? Who's the best guy to get in the Seattle backfield at this point? I mean, it's it seems like, you know, if they're going to go with a, a, a very run-heavy approach, it would be Collins uh, with Penny mixed in. But, you know, I still think Penny has the most upside, you know, so yep, we'll, I do we'll too. see. You know, I, I'd Carroll rather start Penny than Collins. Collins. a little strange. Yeah, I'd rather start Penny than Collins. Um, did you see that Trevor Lawrence came out and yeah. gave like a huge vote of confidence to James Robinson and said they told the coaching staff that we basically have to have him on the field all the time? Yep. That encourages me on James Robinson. Okay, Houston, it looks like Davis Mills is going to start for them on Sunday. Randall Cobb had surgery. He's going to be out for a while. Tevin Coleman mispracticed. I was reading, Adam, just for your purposes. Um, they were talking about Mario Rogers. I know. It's finally Amari Rogers. They also said that MVS and Lazard could play more in the slot. And I actually think the Bears have been terrible against slot receivers. I think they give up the second most receiving yards See that of the second fewest. I'm pretty sure the I Bears can check it out. Give up you. the second most receiving yards to slot receivers on the year. Yeah, you want to know for the year? Yep. Give me 30 seconds. All right. Tennessee claimed linebacker Zach Cunningham off waivers. That might Love be that. someone you want in IDP. If he if he was uh, dropped for whatever you know, take a look at Zach Cunningham. Goes from the Texans to the Titans. Giants wide receivers Kenny Galladay was limited. Expecting him to play. Sterling Shepard <clears> looks <throat> like he's going to play, and Kadarius Tony likely out. Tony Shepard said he practiced in full. Actually, the, the injury designation was still limited, but he's he's obviously very close. Yeah, what I read was barring a setback from the New York Post, he's probably going to play. Um, and it looks like Glennon is in line to start that game. Tony Pollard, torn plantar fascia. He is a game-time decision. 
And J.D. McKissick did some work in practice. He remains in the concussion protocol, but that is good news. It looks like J.D. McKissick is trending in the right direction. We have a lot of games to get to here. All right, you want the Bears stats? Yeah. You made it out to be like they were the worst team in the league and against slot receivers. That is clearly not true. They have allowed 657 yards to slot receivers. That ranks 27th out of oh. 32 teams. Okay. Uh, 13.4 yards per catch. That's 28th. 6.4 yards after catch per reception. That's 29th out of 32 teams. Uh, but they've only allowed one touchdown to slot receivers this year. Okay. Receivers who have lined up in the slot. That's how I have to say it. Right, right, right. Okay, so uh, real quick on beat the waiver wire. I don't know if there are any players that you want to stash right now. You could look at the Seahawks backfield and see. Um, I think Penny's worth it. Yeah, who do they? They have the Rams next week. Unfortunately, the Rams run defense has been suffocating lately. Uh, I got Devontae Parker and Sterling Shepard as wide receivers that you could stash. Yep, PPR leagues for sure. And they would be ahead of Penny if you're okay at running back. Allen Robinson, any interest in him? He's got Minnesota next week. It's not a bad flyer just to see what happens. You have to, if you have a roster spot to play with, why not? I'd um, rather have everybody else that we've talked about. Two, okay, so Tua's got the Jets next week. Maybe Ricky Seals-Jones, if he can get back in the fold. Austin Hooper, you just never know how long. Both of those out. guys. True. Yep, Hooper's a good call. But who does Ricky Seals-Jones have? Does he have, have, of course, he has the Eagles. Um, Tua so against the you Jets. Say, you can say Bates in the same way. John Bates in the same vein. Yeah. DSTs. If anybody drops the Dolphins, I don't know what the Dolphins roster percentages, but they're on their bye. They get the Jets next week. Cincinnati's at Denver. Green Bay's at Baltimore. That doesn't sound great, on, but it is on paper, but it's probably not IRL. If anyone drops the Rams, they have the Seahawks. If anyone drops the Bucks, they have... Someone bad, as I recall. I don't. They have New Orleans. Oh, okay. Yep. So, and the Dolphins. Just so you know, they've got the Jets, then the Saints, and then Tennessee. Yeah, that's their weeks fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. It's not bad. Unfortunately, and they've been playing great. Obviously, this is this great week for streaming DSTs. But almost every one of the DST streamers this week has a bad matchup next week. It's true. <laughs> the best one is the Packers, who face the Ravens. And that's obviously, that could be a terrible matchup. Um, so the Dolphins are definitely one to look at if you can. Uh, if you can get your, what did you say, your cloppers on them or something like that, Dave? Whatever. Cloppies. Cloppies. All right, Dave has to go in 10 minutes. So let's do one question for each game. And Dave, you get to answer first. Oh, boy. Buffalo, Tampa Bay. Offense or defense in this game? What wins out? Offense is going to win out in this game. Okay, so... Does that mean basically all the guys that you typically start? You it's start? easier to make the list of the guys not to start in this game. It's Ronald Jones, any Bills running back, Emmanuel Sanders, Cole Beasley probably is someone you should be nervous about starting. Uh, I think Gabriel Davis is a sleeper, actually. I think he could end up getting more playing time out of Emmanuel Sanders. They need help there. Okay. Uh, let's go. That's to another it. guy that you could beat the waiver wire on is G Davis. Gina Davis. Okay. G Davis. Yeah. Uh, Gina Davis will not help you much unless you're talking like 80s movies. Unless you need a catcher. Uh, Atlanta and Carolina, she, Jamie. She, you know what? She she dropped the ball on purpose. I, do, oh, I think it's one of the best movie debates. I don't think she did. I read a lot about this, a lot about this, and I don't think she dropped the ball on purpose. Um, you guys can talk about that in like 15 minutes. Yeah, all right. All you want. Atlanta, Carolina. Jamie, rank these flex options. Chuba Hubbard, Amir Abdullah, DJ Moore, Russell Gage. What's the format? Let's go half PPR. 
So it's Hubbard, Abdullah, Gage, and who's the fourth one? DJ Moore. DJ Moore. Uh, DJ Moore is one by a mile. Um, Moore, Gage, Hubbard, Abdullah. Yep. Okay, great. Rams, Cardinals. DeAndre Hopkins? They, they really, I mean, they shouldn't have sent her home. That's part of the problem. Is she, she should have stopped at third. <laughs> exactly. And Dottie would not have... See, remember, lay off the high ones. Remember that at the beginning? Yeah. She would not have rewarded Kit for running through the stop sign. That is not how she operates. She was It's still her sister, though. It doesn't matter. Everything we know about Dottie, she would never have done that. She, Kit needed to learn the lesson herself and win that game by herself. Dottie would never have just given that to her. And you don't reward. She wouldn't have rewarded her for a bad play. All right, uh, Rams, Cardinals, DeAndre Hopkins, or Is it weird that I think of that movie every time I have to pee. <laughs> Why? Because Tom Hanks when he peed at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> what he's, he's like at a drunken stupor. He peed for like ten minutes. <laughs> Do you remember Madonna was timing him? Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> All right, Hopkins, Van Jefferson, or Odell Beckham. Don't tell Heath that Madonna died in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> you're asking me i would take hopkins then jefferson then beckham but all three are uh, i i don't have back i don't think i have beckham in my top 24 maybe i do but they're like all start worthy fantasy options what's a better baseball movie p scene that one or lou brown peeing on doran's contract oh lou they're brown so different um lou brown peeing on doran's contract is the best i love that all right, Dallas and Washington. Jamie, start Get Zeke. Get the ball, Ricky. In the heater. <laughs> in the heater. Start Zeke in a tough matchup. Only one running back is more than 62 rushing yards against Washington. I don't see Zeke getting there based on his last six or seven games. Start Zeke. You have to be so excited about Ezekiel Elliott to whatever extent you want to get excited about him if Tony Pollard doesn't play. I mean, you know, there, there should be every touch going in his direction. Uh, I believe Corey Clement is their third running back. Um, so, you know, you're looking at a situation where you know, the role in the passing game has been pretty solidified all season long. You know, the, the nice thing about this is, you know, and, and we can sit here and say he struggled and all those things and, and, and Pollard looks better. And that's 100 percent right. They played three games in 12 days. And so for a guy that's been gutting it out through whatever knee injury he's been playing, this rest has got to be fantastic for him, for the offensive line. And just hopefully, you know, he can he can take advantage of whatever scenario unfolds if there is no Tony Pollard on the field. That's and exactly way, how I feel. I fell asleep at 3 a.m. last night to uh, Bull Durham on. And just ah. uh, such a great movie. Any pee scenes in that one? Um, I don't think so. No. Uh, by the way, what you said about Zeke, that's exactly how I feel about Dak Prescott. I think if there's no Pollard, I think it's huge for him. Like, he's already in a good spot, but huge if there's no Pollard. Chicago at Green Bay. Dave, do you like Darnell Mooney in a tough matchup? I do. I still think that he's going to get peppered with targets, still going to be the the downfield option for Chicago, and I think the Bears are going to have to throw. I think I can make a very convincing case against Darnell Mooney. Well, sure, because he's playing the Packers, doing, and they've been great. They're, they might get Jair, Jair Alexander back. Probably and not. And Darius Smith. Um, he's got three games with you know three games with more than sixty five ish yards, something like that. Two of them were without Allen Robinson. Two of them were against Detroit. One again, one of them was against Baltimore, where he had fifteen targets. Baltimore gives up a ton of big plays. For the most part, he's fewer than seventy yards. Uh, Packers have obviously a good defense, and I just don't like Justin Fields for him because two of the hundred really? yard games were either with full Andy Dalton or a lot of Andy Dalton. Yeah, I. I just think Dalton would average more passing yards per game and more touchdowns per game for sure than Justin Fields. Justin Fields has thrown four touchdowns all season. 
So I, I wasn't one to Mooney though in the first game. Yeah, against Detroit, I think so. But no. so against Green Bay. Oh, uh, I don't know. But I you still look it up. four um, touchdowns I, for Fields. Well, that's true, and that's definitely problematic. But I'm still going to go with a receiver who can make it, make a huge play on a screen pass, which is how he scored his touchdown against. I think it was Baltimore. Mooney um, is um, Mooney is is very much for me in the range of where I've been with Michael Pittman and Mike Williams, where you know that there's plenty of upside. But you just see inconsistencies, whether it's the quarterback, uh, you know, in the case of like Pittman, you know, the running game. Um, I, I think it's almost like, you know, we're, we're starting him based on hope and expectation more so than logically saying the Packers are going to be really good defensively when they're healthy. And they've been really good when they haven't been healthy. And so they should be rested coming off. of. I don't love Darnell Mooney, but he's still a number three receiver for me. Would you start the Rams guys over him? Uh, I'd start Mooney over Beckham. I would start Jefferson over Mooney. Okay, and last game here, Giants-Chargers. Is Saquon Barkley going to have a good game? And by the way, Justin Jones and Linval Joseph limited in practice yesterday for the Chargers, which is a good sign. Big difference in their run defense. Is Saquon Barkley going to have a good game? This is the week. I mean, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he continues to get work in the passing game, which is nice. Um, I think Mike Lennon starting for him will be good, but I I don't really think it matters whether it's Lennon or, or Jake Fromm. I'm sure... You know, either you have the veteran guy who's a statue that will dump the ball off to his running back, or you have the inexperienced guy who's probably going to be, you know, pooping his pants a little bit that will dump the ball off to his running back. So I think either way, as long as it's not Daniel Jones, you should get some catches or uh, maybe a spike in catches for Barkley. But this has been the team to run against. You know, they've now fallen to second in terms of rushing yards allowed for the season. I forget who's first who's past them, but um, Jets or Texans, probably. Uh, it could be. It's uh, such a difference, though, with Justin Jones' plays. They're giving yeah, up three point nine yards per carry. Yeah. Barkley hasn't even gotten sixty rushing yards in a game they're, yet. They're, they're still bad. Um, not really. Know, not they're honestly not. And and they do give up touchdowns though. Every single game, basically, they give up a rushing touchdown. Barkley has two of them this year. I th- I don't think Barkley is the problem. I think it's everything around him and the workload that he gets. So here's hoping that the Giants figure out that the Chargers aren't very good against the run, even if those big guys play, and that they give him more work in the run game and the pass game. I like, like Jamie said, if Glennon starts, and it looks like he will, that Barkley will catch a bunch of check down passes, and that'll help solidify his floor. I think he's a good number two running back this week. Zeke or and Barkley? And when he was good Barkley. Before, before, the, uh, before the ankle injury, yeah. it was with Shepard on the field. It was with you know some semblance of a, of a passing game. So if Shepard's back and Galladay plays – you know, the focus isn't entirely on. I actually Barkley. do not think it was with Shepard on the field, as I recall. Oh, I'm sorry. It was. Well, the New Orleans game was was his best game. Galladay and Tony were in that 20. game. Shepard left in the Atlanta game early and missed the New Orleans game. So it was actually without no Shepard. problem starting Barkley if Shepard's there. Yeah. Um, one thing to note, though, the Chargers, I know this is basically the, <laughs> that's actually the last game we're going to talk about. And there's a lot to talk about, a lot of moving pieces. But um, the Chargers give up the second fewest receiving yards per game two running backs. Uh, and I do, before you go, Dave, give me your thoughts on the Chargers wide receivers. Okay, so you know what to do if Keenan Allen plays. You're going to start him. If Mike Williams plays and Keenan Allen does not play, he's going to be a top 24 guy. I would start him ahead of somebody like Darnell Mooney, for example. I'd start him ahead of Ezekiel Elliott in a PPR league. Might do it in a non-PPR league as well. If both of those guys are out, I think that it's going to see more opportunities for Jared Cook, 
who lines up in the slot a lot as it is. He would do that even more so if there's no Keenan Allen. Uh, Jalen Guyton is a good explosive receiver. We saw that last week. I kind of hate to go to him a week after he had his big game, but I could see him having another, or seeing him have another good game in terms of target opportunity. Um, trust that Justin Herbert can get him the football. Josh Palmer's interesting. We we kind of liked him coming out. Um, he's good at getting open off the snap. He's He's got some good shake and bake to try and get open, but he doesn't have a lot of downfield speed. He can win a 50-50 ball. If you're desperate at wide receiver, I wouldn't start him or use him or pick him up out of the other guys that we mentioned on the podcast. But I think that in deeper leagues, he's certainly worth a flyer just to see what happens. Maybe would start him in DFS. Herbert is still a top 12 fantasy quarterback for me. I think Austin Eckler is a monster game. The free space is Jalen Guyton in DFS. But everybody's going to use him. Doesn't matter. That's why you use him because he's a free space. See, I think the pivot is to cook. So I don't know if this matters to you, but they've had two games at the end of last year without Keenan Allen with Mike Williams. Different offense, but okay. In those two games, Mike will the same three things happened in both of those games. Mike Williams led the team in targets and receiving yards. Austin Eckler caught a touchdown. And second on the team and third on the team in in receiving yards were Steven Anderson and Donald Parham. So it was the two, it was Mike Williams at the top, tight end, tight end, Eckler caught a touchdown. That happened in both of the games. And Henry was on the COVID list. Henry was out in those games. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, in week 17, it's hard to take much away from it because they faced the Chiefs, who had nothing to play for. And I didn't look at their defensive starters, but they played Chad Henney and they played all their backups. So, so probably uh, not a lot of defensive yeah, starters. Yeah, but that did happen. It was it was Mike Williams, tight end, tight end, Eckler touchdown catch in both of those games. Hi, and Herbert's numbers were good? Not in the Denver game. They were good in the Chiefs game against the backups. So. Oh, sure. And Mike Williams' numbers weren't good, even though he led the team against Denver. He had 100 yards against the Chiefs, or something like that. He had, I don't know, 50 yards, something like that against uh, Denver. Right. But he so led how the do team. you feel about the Giants' defense traveling across the country? I don't and... think they're traveling across the country. I think they oh, stayed in right. Arizona. Oh, that's right. They were in Tucson all week. Um, the Giants' pass defense has actually been pretty good. They've been much better against wide receivers and quarterbacks. It feels like it's going to be a hard... Every now and then, they just have this like dud. Um, I don't love Guyton. I think it's a, he's not the type of wide receiver that that kills the Giants. You know, Jalen Waddell kills the Giants. Um, but Mike well, Williams... That, that Mike would Williams play right into Palmer slam and dunk. Jared Cook's hands then. Yeah, Mike Williams is a slam dunk. And you can't... The Giants can't get pressure on plays. anyone. And that's when... Oh, yeah, if he plays, obviously. That's when Herbert struggles, I think, is when his line breaks down. That's not going to happen in this game. So, By the way, they, they they obviously did travel across the country. Just a matter. Of yeah, it was just traveled. right. But yeah, but they've been out Arizona. west. It's like you know when you leave, take a bus from Racine, you know you stop to <laughs> get there. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Lou? That's the bus driver who leaves. You remember? Okay. Anyway, that's the line I remember, not the pee scene. All right, Dave. Thank you for your time. You got it, guys. Enjoy your yep. weekend. I just want to be clear. I don't not like super enthused about Guyton, but. I do have him on at least one team, and if both guys are out, I'm going to be starting him. Just opportunity. All right, Buffalo at Tampa Bay, Jamie. So I don't, I, you know, this feels like a tough game to break down, but I guess it probably isn't, right? Buffalo, not really. Tampa no. Bay? You, you're not concerned. You're not concerned about the Bucks passing game here because of the Bills defense. Yeah. No, I. I mean. So last week was the first game without Tre'Davious White, if I'm not mistaken, right? He got hurt against the Saints and then played against the Patriots. That is correct. 
And, and they held Mac Jones to three pass attempts. <laughs> that is true. They did lock down that passing game of the Patriots. Uh, I think Brady lights him up. I, I think, you know, with um, without Antonio Brown there again, and you know the three guys who are going to get their targets, and they're all going to be, my guess, awesome. So I'm starting full confidence, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and Rob Gronkowski. And Brady, I think, is my number one quarterback this week. Okay, and then Leonard Fournette. I mean, it is. this is still a tough matchup. He has not been great in tough matchups, but he has so many catches. He has 15 well, catches in his last, um, in, the, in two of those tough matchups. I mean, the Colts matchup was supposed to be tough. Yeah, that was a great game. Uh, <laughs> I have his tough matchups as the Saints, Washington, and the Colts. He was great against the Colts, four touchdowns. The Packers, too, was a tough matchup. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, the, excuse me, the Patriots. Mm, not 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 like the Bucks and not like the Saints and, and Washington and Colts, but sure. Uh, he sucked against the Saints. He had eight catches against Washington that saved his day, and he he crushed the Colts. Yeah, you're you're. I mean, look, we're splitting here. You're start starting Fournette. Here. Okay. Um, start Diggs. No problem. Yes, I think it's going to be a huge game for Diggs. Big game for Knox. Uh, big game for Josh Allen. Uh, big game for Knox. Okay. So talk about that, and actually talk about a couple things here. Little sleeper. Little sleeper. Josh Allen's thrown 40 pass attempts in five games. You could definitely see that happening here. Cole Beasley has eight catches in all of them. I hope so. I just don't know if, if that rib injury has been a problem for him ever since it's, you know, he's been missing time in practice. He just hasn't been the same guy. You know, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's, you know, just he's Allen targets. away from him. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know the reason for the lack of targets. It might be the injury, but it I, but Josh Allen just hasn't thrown that much lately. And if you look at his last five games, uh, not including New England, sorry. So the four games before the New England game was that was just a stupid game. He did catch 19 of 23 targets. So my just, I have him in a DFS lineup. I think if he gets a lot of targets, he'll come through. And this could be one of those games just based on what we've seen this year. But why do you like Knox? I just think you've seen, you know, when he's on the field, he's been kind of the secondary option for Allen lately. He's definitely the red zone threat. So I think this game's going to get up and down. It's a crappy week for tight ends. I think he's got top five potential at the position. Start him over Hawkinson? Uh, I would, yes. Start him over Pitts? Pitts, over Schultz, over um, Fant, over... I would have told you start him over both guys last night. I have it ranked that way. Um, He's after the top four. He's next for me. Did you know that Rob Gronkowski per game is the number one tight end in either format? I have such a tough choice to make, Adam, between starting either both... Gronk and Kittle in a in my guillotine league where there are five teams left. Um and this this is the last week. You you win, you're in the tournament, and and then it's just total points rest of the way. So I'm down Keenan Allen, and my flex choices are playing James Connor with Edmonds back, which makes me nervous. Uh Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon back makes me a little nervous. Uh or who I just picked up yesterday. It, it's so much fun when you get down to the end in this league. Yeah. Um, like this, th- th- this is who I picked up off of waivers. First come, first serve yesterday after the last two guys with money spent their money. I picked up Ezekiel Elliott <laughs> over Barkley, who was available, was still available. Um, and Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> wow. I think <laughs> I'd much start people are down on Patrick Mahomes. I think I'd probably go with Kittle, Zeke, Gronk. That'd be my flex rank. And play both of them. Oh, you can start. You can start all of those guys. No, play both tight ends. It, I'd start Zeke over Gronk, but I'd really? start. 
Yeah, I, if Pollard's out, if Pollard's out. But I'd start Gronk over... It's, it's not a matter of winning. Said. It's just a matter of not losing. And thankfully, thankfully, I went and looked first thing last night. Uh, the guy, I'm not going to say his name, because another analyst did not start Dalvin Cook. Oh, Cook, by the way, was started, I forgot to mention this, started in 70% of leagues last night. Part of that, I'm sure, is people are out of it. Yeah. Uh, 200 yards and two touchdowns for him. Okay. By the way, I can find this funny line if I can in the chat. Um, all right. So that's, that's more or less this game. And um, it's a pretty yeah, easy one. That's this game. Okay, great. Let's go to our next game here. And Bills need this game in a big, big way. They got a, they got a break last night with Steelers losing. It's really unbelievable that I still feel like top to bottom, they're the best team in the league. I don't know why I feel that in way. In the league? In the NFL. I really do feel like their roster is the best in football, and it's just not happening for them. Uh, okay, I'm still trying to find this funny comment. I promise it's worth it. Let's go to our next game. Atlanta at Carolina. This is an interesting one. First game for Carolina without cornerback Dante Jackson. So we'll see how that plays out. Sit Matt Ryan. How much faith do you have in Cam Newton? Um, a good amount. Um, you know, to not say he's a slam dunk starter, but he's in my top 12. I, I have him ranked ahead of Kirk Cousins. Um, I unfortunately had him ranked ahead of Roethlisberger. Uh, but I think you look at this matchup. Um, Atlanta is fourth in rushing yards allowed to quarterbacks. Last time these two teams met, Sam Darnold was a starter. He had nine carries for 66 yards. So he ran very well against this team. And so, you know, Cam is now, you know, clearly the catalyst of this offense um, with Christian McCaffrey out. So, you know, will they just, you know, turn the and hand the ball off to Chuba Hubbard and to Amir Abdullah if this game gets, you know, in some sort of a, a shootout? If the Atlanta offense does manage to show up, then, you know, it's on Cam's shoulders to have to throw the ball a little bit more. But I think this is a uh, closer to the Washington game by far than it is closer to the Dolphins game of the two starts that he's made. So you'd start Cam over Carr? Over Carr, over Ryan, over, like I said, Cousins. Um, he's in very close proximity with Russell Wilson for me. Okay. Um, you know, so I'm not going to get cute and start him over Mahomes or Lamar Jackson or the struggling stars, but he's a, he's a top 12 quarterback. All right, so you've, you've um, we'll stick with the Panthers. Let's go to the Panthers. Now, we do have one game of, of this running back setup. No McCaffrey, but Hubbard and Abdullah. Right, it was this game. And that was, oh, why do I not have? Oh, here it is. Uh, Hubbard had 24 carries for 82 yards and a touchdown, but only one catch. Abdullah had eight carries and three catches. That may have been Abdullah's first, no, it was his second game with the Panthers. In his first game, he only played on special teams. I think, yeah, this was his first game, like a full week of practice. So, So Hubbard was the clear-cut running back. You, you, you're you probably not going to get a lot of catches from him, I think. But but uh, And that was not with Cam also. So anyway, where did you end up with Hubbard and Abdullah? Uh, Hubbard in non-PPR is a starter for me. Uh, back end RB2. I think I have him 24. Um, like I'd start him in non-PPR, for example, over Kareem Hunt, if you want to you know name. Um, I think if you're looking at uh, PPR, they're closer. I still would start Hubbard over Abdullah, but Abdullah's kind of shown you, even with McCaffrey on the field, he's going to be probably in the neighborhood of three to five catches. And if uh, if they're chasing points, they'll certainly be more involved. So I don't mind him as a flex play in PPR, but I wouldn't start him in non-PPR. And the Falcons, you might think, oh, they're the worst defense. They're actually not that bad against the run, but they are bad against running backs in the passing game. So that 
favors Abdullah. Uh, you said you'd start you'd start uh, Chuba Hubbard over Kareem Hunt in non PPR. What about in full PPR? No, I'd start Hunt over him in PPR, just with the hope of Kareem Hunt being Kareem Hunt. Chuba Hubbard or Daryl Williams? Oh, Hubbard in both formats. Chuba Hubbard or Broncos running backs? Uh, both Broncos running backs. So that might bump when when I, I haven't ranked Melvin Gordon yet. So that might bump down Hubbard outside the top twenty-four, but he's same range. Titans running backs. Uh, Foreman over Hubbard in both formats because I think they're kind of similar in terms of what their reception total will be. I would probably go Hilliard. I just I just don't know what to make of Jeremy McNichols' role. So maybe I'll stick with Hubbard over Hilliard and PPR still, but that's where it's close. Right. Okay, you said DJ Moore. I asked you about the flexes in this game. DJ Moore is, uh, well, the wide receivers and running backs, number one with a bullet. And <laughs> I, I guess I'm not quite as confident. I know it's a great matchup, but I, I don't have, I don't know. Like his first, against Washington, he had five five catches, 50 yards, and a touchdown on seven targets. And against Miami, I wish I had the breakdown of what came with Cam and what came with P.J. Walker, but he had 100 yards. I, I think a lot of it came with P.J. Walker at the end. Well, the huge catch came with Cam. Against Miami. Yeah, early in the game. And that's a much tougher secondary. I know A.J. Terrell's playing great, but... You have to start D.J. Moore. I mean, you know, it's, Atlanta's got the fifth, fifth most points allowed to wide receivers. I, I wouldn't have to debate that. Um, all right, so that brings us to Cordauer Patterson. No doubt about it. No brainer. No doubt about it. He's not very involved in the passing game lately. He's got two to three catches in two straight games. He's been really just a running back. Uh, okay, but start him. And what about Russell Gage? How do you feel about Russell Gage this week coming off a 130-yard performance against the Bucks, who had been lights out against wide receivers? How do you feel about Gage? It's three solid games in a row for him. You know, targets uh, have been up. I think it's uh, nine or more targets in three straight, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, you can look at, you know. Uh, seven or more. Seven more, excuse me. Uh, nine or more PPR points in three straight games. Um, if, if you look at it from the, the standpoint of the first time these two teams met, um, I'm going to guess. Uh, not to get into the psyche of any team, but they found out that day. The report came out, I think, during the game that Calvin really was shutting it down for his mental health concerns and personal reasons. Uh, Gage didn't have a target in that game. You know, I, I just wonder, like, the whole offensive game plan was probably just tore up maybe that day. And so it was it was a mess for them. And Gage has certainly proven himself. You know, I think if we go back to the beginning of the season, the conversation we had about Russell Gage stepping into Julio Jones's role or opportunity without Julio Jones there, it was he's kind of just a guy and been just a guy. He's proving that he's not just a guy, you know, with his performance lately and Matt Ryan leaning on him. So I think you kind of trust it, you know, so not a slam dunk. I do have him ranked as a starter in PPR, but I don't think it's a slam dunk by any stretch, but something that you can buy into as uh, as a guy playing well in a good spot right now. Gage or Mooney? Gage. If Jeff Wilson is the guy... Gage or Jeff Wilson? Wilson and non-PPR, Gage and PPR. Okay, one more. Let's do Gage or Sterling Shepard. Gage. Okay. And that is pretty... Oh, Kyle Pitts? Oh, my God. You yeah. know, he's such an afterthought right now. Starter sit Kyle Pitts. I have him ranked, uh, I think, 11th because the tight end position is really that bad. But I would start Austin Hooper over Kyle Pitts this week. I did start Kyle, Tyler Conklin over... Pitts, same with Pat Fryermuth, so you can see where the position is and how I feel about it. Um, the last time these two teams met, it was Stephon Gilmore's, I think, first complete game. I think he played the week before, but uh, was just joining the team following the trade, if I'm not mistaken. He said, according to reports, I want Pitts. P 
Pitt said after the game, he saw some things from Stefan Gilmore that he's never seen before and was very praiseworthy. Um, I'm going to guess they do something similar. I don't know why they would go away from it because it was so successful. So uh, it could be another bad game for Kyle Pitts. It's just been a bad fantasy tight end. He's going to be awesome. So, you know, Dynasty Keeper League, don't panic and say he's terrible because he's not. But he's just not trustworthy right now as a slam dunk starting fantasy tight end. Well, one of the problems is Matt Ryan because I'm looking. So you look at the game log here for Kyle Pitts and Matt Ryan, the last six games. In four of those games, Matt Ryan has thrown for 146, 117, 153, and 190 yards. I mean, that's awful. In two of the games, he was at 297 against the Bucks and 343 against the Saints. And in those two games, he had three catches for 62 yards. At the Saints, he had four catches for 48 yards. Neither of those are great, but they don't bury you. You know, you can deal with that from a tight end. Um, is, if Ryan is just competent and gets to, you know, 250 yards, then Pitt's probably be all right. Uh, and the other thing is Ryan's just not throwing much lately. He threw 41 times last week. That was his first time in six games with more than 30 pass attempts. And that is just so weird. It's not like they're winning, you know, and running right. out the clock. It's just they must not be running a lot of plays. Uh, so we'll see if they can kind of balance that out. They've had a tough schedule too. All right, uh, that's it for that game. Here's the comment I wanted to share with everybody. It was from Scott Shanks. If you take away the two times Dalvin Cook, quote, fell into the end zone and all of his 20-yard runs, he really didn't have that great of a game. Hashtag Azer stats. That's how it works, baby. What I do love you think Azer Alexander stats. Madison would have done in that game? 150 yards and one or two touchdowns. Yeah. It would have been great. All right, we'll take a break here. When we come back, Monday. Oh, yeah, Monday night. Love it. Rams at Cardinals. We'll break that one down right after this on Fantasy Football Today. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So this could be a great Monday night game. Let's keep our fingers crossed. Jamie will tell me how the Manning cast was, and I'll be the one guy in the country watching. On I think they're done. I don't think they're doing it. Oh, they're done? Oh. No, I think they have one more game, but I don't think it's this week. Okay. Uh, Rams and Cardinals, Arizona fourth in scoring defense and sixth in yards per play. Rams you know what are actually, we could do? What? We don't have to broadcast. We do our own Manning cast. Like you and I just watch the game together, like on Zoom. 
I think people would be really into that. But oh, you should know that my TV is ahead of yours, so that's going to be a problem. My TV is always ahead of everybody's. But people would be into that. I wouldn't be into that. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do it either. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Any hesitation with Stafford or Kyler Murray? None. Um, you know, Stafford probably a little bit more so than than Kyler, but uh, I'm starting both. You know, I, I, I know like what Heath said in terms of the implied total for the Rams, that it's not as high as um, – like he said, it's the same implied total as the Jets. As I think Saint, as the gonna, Saints, right? Uh, excuse me, as the Saints against the Jets. Yes, um, I I think this game is going to be high scoring. At least that's the hope. Uh, I hope Stafford can get you, you know, north of uh, twenty points, and you know, at least similar to what he did last time was twenty three points. Uh, I think Kyler is going to have a great game because I think he's locked in right now and healthy. So this game has an opportunity to be fun. These defenses are great. It's not like last night's game where both defenses were struggling to whatever extent. Um, and you saw the the offenses expose that. You know, I think these offenses are going to play great. You know, and and then they'll show up, and the quarterbacks will play well, and and hopefully all the offensive pieces play well also. Oh, look at this! Now I'm tempted. Scott Fish, who's watching along right now. By the way, Scott Fish, I have Ben Roethlisberger and Dalvin Cook in the Scott Fish Bowl, so that's good. Um, I'm in for the Zoom Azer Jamie cast, and now now I'm tempted. Now I'm tempted to give this a shot. Oh man, um, what's up, Scott Fish? So I love Scott. Yeah, who doesn't? Uh, okay, so where were we here? Scott, you Great distracted me, Scott. Oh, always. Uh, running backs. What What the heck are we doing with the Rams running backs? Um, if we get word that Daryl Henderson gets in a full practice by Saturday, then I'm going to downgrade Sony Michelle, which I have just outside the top 12. I still would start Michelle over Henderson right now, and that might be silly come Monday. But I think just the comments from Sean McVay and how Michelle – ran last week i think they'll give him the first opportunity to be the lead guy but i would be very concerned to start both of them just knowing that the split could be messy and the production could be messy as well so rams lead running back or barkley and zeke barkley and zeke if we if, if henderson is limited all week then definitely those guys if he's you know i just hope we get some sort of indication that he's either 100 percent or not 100%. You know, this this murkiness is really the frustrating part. Yeah, it is. But if you were 100%, if it were a normal setup where one guy's going to get almost all the work, you'd have him where? Top 12? This is not a good run. I don't defense. know if it's going to be him, though. That's the problem. No, I'm saying, in theory, how much would you like the starting running back if it was the normal setup? So Henderson never got hurt two weeks ago, and he's been the guy all, all, all along, or yes. Tony Michelle's the guy, and Henderson's out, then right. I would like that guy as a top 12 running back. Okay. Um, but... Would you in, let's say Henderson's ruled out? Who would you start, Connor or Michelle? Michelle. It's not going to be ruled out, but I just ruled out. I just wanted to know kind of perspective there. Okay, Rams wide receivers. Cooper Cup's only bad game this year. Only game with fewer than ninety-two yards was against this team. Five catches, sixty-four yards on thirteen targets. Obviously, you're starting him, but this is the game for the other guys. K.J. Osborne, once upon a time, when both guys were healthy, Thielen and Jefferson, he led Minnesota's wide receivers in fantasy points. Van Jefferson, in the first meeting, led the Rams' wide receivers. Donovan Peoples-Jones led the Cleveland wide receivers. Ayuk was better than Debo in one of the two games that they played against the Rams. Robbie Anderson, with a bad game, still led the Panthers' wide receivers in fantasy points. Tyler Lockett was much better than D.K. Metcalf if that matters to you. And Jakeem Grant was much better than Darnell Mooney. This is the other guy's game, so... Van Jefferson, they are so good against number ones. Van Jefferson, Odell Beckham, though, what do you think about them this week? Are they must-starts? I think Van Jefferson kind of is. You know, you've seen now um, 
he basically is, you know, this is going back to right before Robert Woods got hurt. And then certainly in the, in the, I think it's three games now without Woods, uh, seven or more targets every week. You know, the last two weeks, it's nine plus targets. Um, he's, he's not consistent with his reception total, but they're giving him enough chances that you have to like it. And, and I would encourage everybody uh, just to get a little glimpse of how Sean McVay feels about his receivers. There's a clip that's been trending this week of him calling out the Van Jefferson touchdown last week and telling, you know, Stafford to be patient uh, for Beckham in the end zone and just how congratulatory he was to both those guys when they came off the field and Van Jefferson says to him, you know, thanks for sticking with me, coach. I appreciate it. You know, it just seems like there's a great bond and rapport going on. And so the trust factor is there with these guys. Now uh, Beckham seems to be fully locked in and, and bought into the system and seems to be, you know, uh, the rapport growing with, uh, with Stafford. So I like Jefferson slightly better, but I don't think Beckham's a guy you shy away from. Uh, both these guys are certainly starters in three receiver leagues. Uh, I'm starting Beckham in the one league where I have him, which is a two receiver league. Um, so yeah, I, I think it's very encouraging given the the potential of what this game could be. Okay, and how about Van Jefferson or let's say Keenan Allen's out? Mike Williams. Mike Williams is is would be the second best Los Angeles receiver this week. I see. Uh, Van Jefferson or Mike Williams if Keenan Allen plays. Um. So if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both there, we just oh, I see what you're saying. So I would go Cup. Keenan, Van, Mike. All right. Oh, no. Can we say like beep beep for, for Van Jefferson? Is that going to be our, because he's a van? You know? Oh, I thought you were on like a Roadrunner thing. Um, I That's think maybe beep, more beep. like the Scooby-Doo van. What does that one do? I don't know. Oh, okay. <laughs> the 18 van? No. Oh, I would have won my fantasy league if it weren't for your damn kids. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, Zach Ertz and Tyler Higby. Are either of them starters this week? This week, I have Ertz ranked as a starter just because I think the targets will be there compared to last week because they'll throw more. So, again, it's more about the week and how bad it is than starting Zach Ertz with any confidence. Cardinals, by the way, allow the fourth fewest fantasy points to tight ends. That's Higby's matchup. He has one touchdown in his last seven games. Uh, Cardinals really have like a lot of good four ones. for thirty, I think, and thirty-six, I think, it was in the first meeting. Yeah, he had four for thirty-six. Well done. All right, start Kyler, start Connor. If Chase Edmonds plays, he would be in full PPR what? A back-end starter flex. It's just, you know, how healthy is the ankle? What's his role going to be? How much is he going to play? How much will he take Connor off the field? So it's more of a, okay, do I want to trust him or can I fully trust him? It's more for me, do I want to trust him? I don't really have a lot of faith until I see it. Yeah. By the way, Jamie getting called out for the Roadrunner thing. It's definitely meep, meep, not beep, beep. But Sorry, I apologize. His kids watch other stuff, I guess. So, the ch- no, Chase- they love Space Jam, man. My kids love Space Jam. Oh, is he, is he in Space Jam, the Roadrunner? I mean, Looney Tunes, buddy. Come on. <laughs> okay. Would you start the Roadrunner? Would you start Chase Edmonds or Deontay Foreman in full PPR? Foreman. Would you start Chase Edmonds or Dontrell Hilliard in full PPR? Edmonds. DeAndre Hopkins. All right, I got a bold prediction. I think Jalen Ramsey is going to shadow DeAndre Hopkins. He has basically not shadowed anyone this year, but he more or less did with Devontae Adams in the Rams' most recent game two weeks ago. And boy, he has done very well against DeAndre Hopkins. So I think that's going to happen. What do you think about this matchup here? Hopkins, start or sit? You have to start him. Um Unless you're just loaded at wide receiver. Like, I don't think I'm starting Van Jefferson over DeAndre Hopkins. 
Um, I, I, mean, I, I know I wouldn't. I yeah. wouldn't start Donald Mooney over him. I wouldn't start. Um, I start Mike Williams over him if he's if he's the solo act. Would you start Elijah Moore over him if Moore plays? I would. I haven't ranked that way right now. Yes. Okay. I did the math, and I wish I had been able to do it again to proofread it. So here is a pr- potentially useless and incorrect stat, but I I think it's probably right. I looked at every game that DeAndre Hopkins has played against either Jacksonville or the Rams when Jalen Ramsey was on the team. And in the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 games, he has a 49.6% catch rate, averages 5.46 yards per target. He has averaged 12 targets per game. A lot of that was with Houston, where is it Hopkins to Watkins, or yeah, Watkins to Hopkins, Watkins, you know. Uh, but only caught 60 of 121 targets for 661 yards and four touchdowns. I, if that stat is right, and I hope it is, it's pretty impressive how bad you know how bad he's been and how good the Ramsey teams have been against Hopkins. I don't know what percentage of the snaps Ramsey followed him, but I know it was a lot back in the day. You know they really battled, and Ramsey got the best of him. So we shall see. Yeah, I mean, just you know. Hopkins, I don't think last week is an indication of where his health is at because playing in the rain, um, sloppy game, you know, not a lot of attempts and volume. They have such a loaded receiving core. You know, Kyler doesn't have to go to him if he doesn't want to. And, you know, we haven't seen this whole group together very much with the Ertz coming to the team. You know, so you have Ertz, Rondell Moore, A.J. Green, Christian Kirk, Hopkins. They're all healthy now. If Edmund comes back, they're all healthy. So Kyler's got so many weapons at his disposal. This game is for the division. You know, I mean, this is going to decide, I think, who wins the NFC West. Who wins it? Who do you like? The Cardinals. All right. By the way, DeAndre Hopkins does have a career high in catch rate and yards per target this year. He is one of seven wide receivers with eight or more touchdown catches. He has 51 targets. The other six wide receivers with eight or more touchdown catches all have at least 84. So his touchdown rate is through the roof. Uh, Real quick, which DST do you like better? Cardinals. And this is a week where you can get away from these DSTs if you want, but you might not want to drop them, but there are some great streamers. All right, Jamie, three games left. We got to go. Dallas at Washington. Stat of the game. This really jumped out to me. Amari Cooper, he's had such a disappointing year, but he has faced teams that currently rank 2nd, 3rd, 6th, 7th, ninth, 13th, 15th, and 31st against wide receivers. I am not counting Atlanta and New Orleans. Those were arguably his best matchups, and unfortunately, he was limited in both of those games, so he didn't come through. But he had a game against Minnesota with Cooper Rush. That's really been his best matchup, and he tore them up. Bottom line, Jamie, Amari Cooper has had a gauntlet of a schedule, and that has contributed to his struggles. This is not one of those weeks. You like him this week, right? I do. Um, My computer's frozen right now, and I don't want to touch the camera one, but if you want to look up his... History, if, if you have a CBS sports page up, go to Cooper's page, go to his last five tab and opponent, and he's done amazing against Washington since coming to Dallas. So I think, you know, this this doesn't this isn't a squeaky wheel game, but Mike McCarthy said this, you know, he's he's not limited anymore. He's he's 100% healthy. Again, they've had time off for the first time in over a month to kind of rest and recoup. Um, Ooh, that's pretty good history right there. I think he goes off this week. I really do. <laughs> 508 yards and four touchdowns in his last five games against Washington. By the way, I don't and, think... And the, the one last year was without Dak. I don't think that you could possibly know how much time you just saved me. I had no idea about this feature. 
<laughs> it has been a real pain in the ass to look up player history against Are teams. you kidding me? I had no idea about this. Can feature. I tell you that I I <laughs> scream every year, and these guys are amazing. Our 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 tech staff is is awesome. I know that you know probably pisses some people off to hear that because of some of the struggles sometimes with our live scoring, but you know that's not their their control. Uh, but they always forget the first week of the season to include the last five games of last year. They don't turn this on until I tell them to, until like week five. Like they think it's last five. Like they wait. I'm like no no no. Please, I don't care wow. if nobody else uses it but me. This is amazing. All right, you can hit last five on a player page. You can get overall his last five games. You can get versus the opponent, after wins and losses, at a venue, at home, amazing. on the road, in and out of division. This is a grass and turf. This yep. is a, I just became a better fantasy analyst. Thank you, Jamie. Well, everybody just became, see, this This is what happens. You know, people think we're, we're like these geniuses that know all this information. <laughs> no, we just click buttons. <laughs> <laughs> Basically. All right, so so we like Amari Cooper. Do you like him better than uh, Van Jefferson? Uh, yes. No, he's a top 12 receiver for me. Oh, top Cowboys. 12. Wow. Do you like him better than Terry McLaurin? Yes. Is McLaurin going to have one of his good games or one of his bad games? And so this is, uh, I probably should, I, or maybe one of you guys did include it in the, the like, but don't love. Um, I hope this is, I mean, you're starting Terry McLaurin, but it's just been tough to trust him. Four huge games, seven disappointing games so far this year. Dallas allows the fourth most fantasy points to wide receivers. Everything sets up well for him. They just haven't really been throwing that much lately. Yep. They're winning. They're four and one in their last five games. They haven't given up more than 21 points in any of those games. And in those games, Taylor Heineke is averaging 5.1 fewer pass attempts per game than he was from weeks two to whatever when they were losing all the time. And so it's five straight games with eight or fewer targets for Terry McLaurin. He's top 20 for everybody. Jamie's actually the low guy on him. Uh, so I think he has him 22nd in PPR, actually. Uh, look, I, I know it's going to be really hard to sit McLaurin, but what you're hoping for is Dallas does its part and Washington has to throw. Yeah, I'll probably move him up a few spots. That does feel low. So you're going to start Lamb. You're going to start Cooper. What about Gallup? I wouldn't do it. You know, this is, you know, he's had nine or more targets in three straight games. And two of those were without Amari Cooper. Uh, one and a half of those were without CeeDee Lamb. You know, so everybody healthy now is just tough to trust. Boy, we have a real negative Nancy in the chat today. Maddie, 16. I think you probably just want me to call you out like you, you seem to want attention he hates us Woo! why he is what do you say? he's killing us says we suck he says jamie you're not a genius why oh you are uh nobody thinks you're a genius jamie so i Maddie, don't think I, i'm a genius i think you should probably leave that it's just just a piece of advice um how, how do you feel? Do you, you think I think I'm a genius, Adam? No, no. You said a comment about uh, we're not geniuses. We have these buttons, whatever. And he said, yeah, geniuses. yeah, right. Exactly. Get out of here, Maddie. Dak Prescott, you love him this week? Oh, of course. Yeah. Slam dunk. If Tony Pollard plays, is Zeke a start? This Washington run defense is damn good. I'm going to guess the fact that he's a game time decision and how they've used him. I don't know how much he's going to touch the ball. To be honest, you know, this is a this is a pain tolerance thing, and you know the the stuff I was reading that suggested you know it could be uh, a week or two until he starts to you know because it's a complete tear, and usually those are better. Um, I was plantar fascia, yeah. So it, you know, unless I'm uh, saying the wrong thing, which I apologize, especially to the negative Nancy. Um, 
that uh, it sounded as if like, you know, in a week or two, it'll start to feel better playing on it. So I, I don't know. I, I'm going to guess they probably try to limit his touches. All right. So if if he doesn't play Zeke, does he enter the top 12 or 15 or what? No, still top 15. You know, it's it's just tough to say he's fully back. You know, I like the setup. Like I said, I like the fact that he's rested. I like the fact that Pollard may not be there. Um, he's he's had consistently throughout this mess the high-level touches, you know, the goal line opportunities and the passing down work. So now if he gets a few more opportunities between the 20s, and if you, like you said, Adam, the Dallas offense shows up, uh, if they're playing with the lead, you know, he'll, he'll be the clock killer. And if they're, you know, doing things to get to the lead, he'll be involved as well. So uh, if- you're obviously still starting him. You have you guys have Gibson as a top five running back. If McKissick plays, where does Gibson end up? Still top ten. I mean, he's been awesome. He has been, but they've been able to win. I'm a, I'm just I feel like they'll be competitive. They're playing pretty damn well. So if they're competitive, he should be fine. You just don't want to see them get crushed because that's obviously bad for uh for Gibson. I don't know. They will get crushed. I don't think they will. Right. They, but the possibility exists. I, I mean, they could still they could lay an egg, but but hey, whatever. I'm. I, it's, it's hard to predict game script this year, so I'm going to try to stop doing yeah. it. Uh, J.D. McKissick himself looks like he's trending in the right direction. Start or sit? I would sit him certainly in non-PPR. I think he's a flex in PPR. You like McKissick or Chase Edmonds if they both play? I would probably start Edmonds just based on what Gibson has done. Taylor Heineke or Cam Newton? Cam. I don't love Heineke. You know, I mean, I, I think he's fine. But you've kind of seen what he's become. You know, you, you mentioned this. And, and a lot of it, obviously, is because they've been winning games. But I don't, I don't think they want to ask him to have to throw to that extent. So you, you need probably a double-digit deficit going into the fourth quarter for him to be successful. Uh, okay, Heineke or Russell Wilson? Wilson. And then do you like a tight end in this game? Um, don't love Schultz. Don't love Bates. Would probably be okay with Ricky Seals-Jones if he plays, but not as a slam dunk must start. Schultz or Pitts? Uh, Schultz. All right. Do you like a DST in this game? Not particularly, but I give a slight lean toward Dallas. It's very weird. I think they're the number two DST in fantasy, and nobody has them in the top twelve this week against Washington. They just they, they the turnovers. Yeah. Well, they 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 can do that. All right, Chicago at Green Bay. Do you have com- Do you have confidence? Like a lot of confidence in any Chicago Bear. Um. I mean, Montgomery still, but not fully. Like, I don't want to buy into last week and say he's completely back to the guy that we thought he was going to be, especially that he's banged up. Right, and you just can't expect all of the past eight catches last week. You can't expect that with Justin Fields. That's that's my issue here. His role in the right, passing game with Fields is see, very gonna, little. Let's see how quickly you can do this. Ready? Mm-hmm. David Montgomery has played two games at Lambeau Field. <laughs> oh, Hold on. What are his stats at Lambeau Field? Okay, I'm going to go to his player page. I'm going to click last five. And here it is, last five. Well, Jamie, let me tell you something. <laughs> <laughs> I happen to have one of the slowest computers in New York versus opponent. No, no, no. Venue. Oh, but I can still just look at at Green Bay. He sure. had uh, 14 carries for 39 yards. That was, I believe, his rookie season, his first game. That was 2019, and he had 11 for 103 and a 40 yard and 40 yards and a touchdown receiving in 2020. That was his big stretch, right? Yeah, that actually was. I want to say the first of his big stretch. Yeah, it might have been. So Packers run defense is pretty solid. I don't. Know, all right, let's sum it up: Montgomery or Zeke. 
Montgomery, if Pollard plays, Zeke, if Pollard is out. Montgomery or James Robinson? Montgomery. Montgomery or Amari Cooper? Uh, Cooper. Hunter Renfro? Renfro. All right. Darnell Mooney, you said he's a number three receiver. Talked about him yes. earlier. Allen Robinson is a sit. Cole Komet, starter sit. I would sit him, but you know, if you're stuck, PPR, certainly over non-PPR, still looking for his first touchdown. And unfortunately, Jimmy Graham continues to take those away from him. Yeah, and unfortunately, Kyle uh, Justin Fields just doesn't really throw a lot of them. Aaron Rodgers is top four. He's number one for Dave. Tell me about the Packers running backs. Who's actually who's the best running back in this game? Uh, I haven't ranked Aaron Jones, David Montgomery, A.J. Dillon, all three as starters. Uh, I think you look at the Packers, and I would just assume, and I could be wrong, so if you want to start A.J. Dillon over Jones, if you have both, I, I get it, that the fact that Aaron Jones is hopefully fully healthy, I would assume he's fully healthy, that he gets his workload back. So he's the lead rusher of a very strong tandem. So I, I don't have a problem starting both. Like, I went, this is funny, uh, in one league last week, because I was stuck and it worked out, non-PPR, I had to start both Patriots. So I started both Damian Harris and Andre Stevenson, and it was great against the uh, yeah. the Bills. Um, this week, because of bye weeks and injuries, I'm starting both Packers <laughs> running backs in that same week. Uh, if you are curious, who's going to be the short yardage guy? We really don't know, but A.J. Dillon is great there. I, mean, I went and I watched a lot of his short yardage stuff a couple weeks ago, and he's just bulldozing people, but... Aaron Jones has 15 carries on second or third down with one to three yards to gain. And he has converted 13 of 15 of them. And a lot of times he converts with, with a five-yard gain, a six-yard. He has actually been tremendous in short yardage. They have two He's very good options. He's the goal line throughout his career, too. Yeah, I mean, they have two great options here, for sure. Really interested to see how this one plays out. The Bears' run defense is not a layup, but, you know, not, not great. Akeem Hicks looks like he's trending toward playing. This just feels like, you know, the, the, the tidal wave will overwhelm the Bears at some point. Yeah. Yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, I feel like the Packers are going to really get get to Justin Fields one way or the other. Devontae Adams, start. What about MVS? He is 41% rostered. He's another guy that you could go beat the wave around, especially next week against Baltimore. But what about MVS? How do you feel about him? Um, is he the second best wide receiver in this game, or would you start Mooney over MVS? I think I'd give Mooney the respect and still start him over if I have the, to make that decision. But this is definitely a, a high upside play, you know. And so um, if you if you look at it, the targets, I think it's now three straight games with eight or more targets for MBS. Uh, definitely two straight. Uh, two, two straight. Um, uh, it might. I, no, I think it's just two straight. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds right. Nine to um, ten targets. I think, you you know, the, the stat line that KJ Osborne got you last night feels kind of MBS-ish. MBS-ish. Chicago allows the 10th most fantasy points to wide receivers. MBS could always come back with a four-target game with one catch. I mean, that's always There's a, such a low floor for him, but kind of makes sense. No, there's no Randall Cobb, and um, perhaps Aaron Jones not really being involved help MBS because he's a huge part of the passing game. Well, it's also, you know, you know I, I know they like Josiah DeGuara, but they're still trying to figure out Robert Tunyon's replacement in the offense. Mm-hmm. You know, so... Rodgers not trusting his tight end as much, using more MVS. And Rodgers is they need him. He's 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 the not the key to them being a strong Super Bowl contender. That was silly to say that, but he's the difference of what this yep. offense doesn't have. 
when he's not there. Yeah, yeah, they need an X factor. All right, Giants at Washington. Uh, nope, Giants at the Chargers. Last game on the slate. Is Barkley the only Giant you're starting? I think Shepard's in play in, in PPR and three receiver leagues if he goes. You know, so not a slam dunk. Like, um, I would have told you to play Osborne over him. I would have told you, and I will tell you that if there's no Mike Will, if there's no Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, play Jalen Guyton over him. Um, what if there's no Keenan Allen, but there is Mike Williams? I play Shepard over Guyton, but uh, I think if you, you know, I like Russell Gage better. I like um, I like MVS better. The the uh, Chargers have allowed seven rushing touchdowns to running backs in their last six games. Chris Harris also probably is is something to keep an eye on too. Yeah, yeah. He, right. He I don't know if he's going to play. And Asante Samuel, he is he was limited, so I think he's going to finally play. He's missed a yeah, few games. Uh, Chris Harris is in the uh, COVID protocols. Okay, so for the Chargers, what about Justin Herbert? I probably shouldn't have waited an hour and twenty minutes to talk about him. Well, you asked Dave. Dave told you he's still a top twelve guy. Um, I will start Taysom Hill over Justin Herbert if the receivers are out, even if one of them are out. So if Keenan Allen definitely is out, then I start Taysom Hill. If both are out, then it's easy. If both are out, I probably would start Cam Newton over Justin Herbert. I just don't know where the ceiling lies for him. Um, could be awesome uh, still. So I don't know if you're going to make a transaction to get away from Justin Herbert unless you're in a, such a must-win situation. But um, it's not it's not great not having those guys. I know you said you know he had the one good game without Allen on the field. Uh, but not having Allen, not having Williams, I don't want to rely on Jalen Guyton, Josh Palmer, and Jared Cook. If you want to hear more about this particular game and the passing game, please go to about the 35-minute mark of this podcast where we talked. I asked David to start about the uh, Chargers wide receivers, and we got into this game and what to expect from the passing game. Start Austin Eckler. He could be easily the number one running back this week. And who's a better tight end, Jared Cook or Evan Ingram? If the receivers are out, Cook, for sure. Any of the receivers. Okay. And the Chargers DST is top five. And that is it for a marathon show. Thanks for being with us, especially Maddie, if you're still with us. If not, have a decent weekend. Mm, just to Maddie. Everybody else can have a great I'm going to go pee like Tom Hanks. All right. I'm going to eat or Jimmy Dugan. some breakfast. Jimmy Dugan. Mr. Dugan. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you on the mailbag. What's this? Is it <laughs> still not... Hitting the cutoff, man. It's amazing. All right, we're out. See ya. From producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck, explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo. Thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2. Kiss the Future, new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to Paramount Plus to try it free. Terms apply.